Welcome to Because You Need to Know. I am Edwin K. Morse, President and Founder of Pioneer Knowledge Services. This series is your digital resource of valuable conversations with nonprofit and knowledge management enthusiasts from across industries and from around the globe. Back in the studio, we have David Gertin. David has been working in the fields of knowledge management and organizational learning for over 20 years. He is well known around the globe for his knowledge cafes that serve to bring people together to have interesting conversations about issues that are important to them. His current focus is in an emerging field known as conversational leadership. How we show up and work is a dynamic that is a relational dynamic, unless you're working all by yourself. But that dynamic is a different schema now in this new world of digitally connected, and more so now in the current environment. But what happens with conversations in this new paradigm? Is that a question, Edwin? Yeah. What do you think? Because, <laughs> <laughs> con- you know, you're, you're the king of conversations, right? you got to mm-hmm. have that viability of yeah. free thought and, and communication and connection and and trust. You know, those are all the big pieces that make that puzzle. We're digitally connected. Does our expectation of the communication change? It's interesting now because all my focus and interest has been on face-to-face conversation. And at least for a while, we're moving away from, from that. Um, I, had, uh, I had arranged to do a whole series of uh, my knowledge cafes in London this year. They're all out the window. Yeah. And so now I'm doing more uh, online using Zoom. And something I've just reflected on a little, but maybe not sufficiently, is the, the different dynamics having, say, a conversation, a group conversation in Zoom compared to face-to-face. And I think there are advantages and disadvantages, but I'm starting to see some of the advantages of Zoom. You know, when you're in a Zoom breakout room and there are three or four people, you're looking at them on the screen, including, including yourself. Mm-hmm. You can see everybody eye to eye. You can see if they're paying attention. Where maybe in a small group face-to-face, you can't take everybody in in quite the same way. Um, and, so if, and so actually in a Zoom room, having a conversation, you can't tune out because people, everyone's looking at you. Or they could be looking at you. You know that they could be looking at you. So if you do tune out, you start to look the other way, or yeah. you know, it's 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 obviously that your that your mind is elsewhere. It's very very obvious. So in so in some ways, a, a Zoom, a small group conversation in Zoom, mm. is more focused, um, more engaged. I was going to say intense, but maybe intense is the wrong word. But but more focused, more engaged, mm-hmm. and. That I rather like. It does seem to be a cleaner container, if you will, versus a large meeting room, 20-foot, 15-foot table. And, you know, you do bring up an interesting point because you put everybody on the same plane. You're on a visual plane yes. that is right. very similar yes. across the the Hollywood Squares look of the screen, right? Because you're looking at the people without mm-hmm. any other distraction. I think the other thing as well, I was talking there about the small groups, you know, say three or four people, but even in the large room where you might have 20, 30, you know, even more, again, it's, it's different. Again, in a large room, mm-hmm. you're often facing the front of the room. You can't see everybody. 
you're not quite <laughs> you're just not quite engaged in the same way so although it hasn't got the you know the same i don't know personal contacts you know maybe you, you can't see all all of the body language because you can just see the person's the person's face typically or head head and shoulders mm -hmm. um there is something there's something special about it. The outcome or the agenda items of a meeting, is there any difference in, in the dialogue and where that goes? Are, we, are agendas that critical now or do, can we just get together and communicate in a different way that has a different outcome than face-to-face? -face? You just reminded me of something somebody told me yesterday. The free version of Zoom, you only get 40 minutes. That's right. And that's kind of like the ideal time for a meeting. <laughs> this is somebody I know well who works for the European Commission, and they're using Zoom in a big way. The point he made now is that people turn up on time, and they keep to the agenda much more closely because they know, come what may, they're going to be cut off at 40 minutes. Right, right. And... That had never occurred to me before. That is that is quite beautiful. As a as an old military guy, any meetings that I had, I always set forth the beginning of the meeting that this will not take longer than fifty nine minutes, you know. And I was the time clock. Most organizations, those meetings just drone on and on and on. But by specifying the expectation of a fifty nine minute, gave me liberty and authority to cut off people that we're burning up our time. Yes, indeed. Yeah, exactly. And that's where I find a lot of leadership does not have that capability or come into a meeting with that in their mind. Somebody will take the the microphone and then it's like, oh my gosh, turn that person off. You know, they yeah. need- And you, you need know. that, um, it's not necessarily authority, but you know, if, you, if you've got a time limit, then you've got a damn good reason for for cutting them off. I mean- Yeah, moving them along. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on, on agendas and things, I mean, most of my use of Zoom is for knowledge cafes rather than meetings, you know, especially as I, you know, I'm a one-man band. Um, so most of my meetings are one-on-one -on -one with, with somebody. Um, I guess the other thing ab ab about Zoom, again, for small group meetings, you, know, you, you can share slides, you can share video, you can share files. It's, again, it's, it's closer. It's closer and more compact mm -hmm. than if you're in a large meeting room sat around a large sort of um, boardroom table. Is there more intimacy? <laughs> In a different In a sort of way. Thing. Yeah, right? Um, I mean, it's, that's what you're saying. I say, I, I've never stopped, you know, you're asking some interesting questions here. I've never stopped to re really reflect on it until now. And it's, I'm, I'm sure if I Google it, there will be people writing about it. Yeah. You're just going on the intimacy thing. Like right now, I'm seeing into your domicile this is your home space you know that's the other point and i can see you're, you're there up in scandinavia or somewhere with the northern lights um, <laughs> so there's a creative piece to it that you don't get in the face-to-face -face, you know as the background i have is this the northern lights and it, it kind of adds a a flair or a dramatic scene if you will mm -hmm. make someone either more confident or more outgoing perhaps than if they were face to face yeah i think so it's 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 starting to get a lot more human um i think most people now coming online that they're not bothering to dress up if they're in their dress I, I, i'm not too sure i've seen anybody in their dressing <laughs> gown but why not yeah 
so we're all more comfortable. I would hope so. And we, we didn't collect all the, the energies of what it took us to get to that meeting room of driving and transport and getting ready to leave the house and all those energetic things that people usually pull into the workspace because it either went well or it didn't go well to get the work. All of that's not there anymore. We're just, we're just around the communication now. On the other hand, I think a lot of time people don't have the discipline of working nine to five. Maybe not that they had anyway, but, uh, <laughs> but now, you know, I, I know, I know my wife's working from, from home now. She'll have something on her mind and she will, she will get up at four o'clock in the morning and to go do it, the yeah. work and go, and go do it. And, and then she could take a rest during the day. So it, it completely changes. It's like a buffet-style work life. Yeah. But it's going to be really difficult for some people going back to the discipline of… Uh, of office space, office well, time. Of office yeah. space, yes. Yeah. I, I won't say nine to five because there aren't too many people these days that work nine right. to five. Well, that's all interesting because that… Is this a transformational point for society? At society, global society, not just a country society. I think so. I, I, I can't see things going back to the way they are. I mean, again, this is, this is going to be interesting to think through the, uh, I was going to say the unintended consequences. All of this was unintended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the longer term consequences of it, uh, of it all. I mean, people now who are, you know, ordering food online you know, for delivery, Mm -hmm. afterwards you know, who never thought of it thought of doing it before before yeah. they're not going to go back that they're going to they're enjoy the convenience of it in the in the time frame of the adoption of the microwave you know there was always the holdouts that oh i don't want no microwave i can do it on the up you know stove yeah. but it's like as soon as you make the switch yeah. it's like oh would you give up your microwave now oh hell no no <laughs> no so it's like yeah maybe that point will never go back to how behaviors have adapted. Yeah, it's the same with using Zoom and 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 other you know other online meeting software and working from home. People are not going to go back. And it's also going to force those users to have the utility and and know more about bandwidth, how big their pipes are uh, to communicate because dial up and all that yeah. old DSL and all that stuff that is small in comparison to broadband. People are going to make decisions about that going forward because it could be something that is a as basic need, you know, because there's a lot of folks in the U.S. that don't have broadband. You get out in a rural America, yeah. it's rough. Is the te technological aspect, you know, ordering online or, or what have you, that we won't go back. So this is going to really accelerate digitization. But the more interesting impact will be sort of the social societal mm -hmm. impact and what, what is interesting now and again i haven't given this too much thought is in this country in the uk i can't remember the figures there's a massive number of doctors and nurses going back to the nhs to help out i saw i don't quite know what this figure represents that 750 mm. they had seven hundred fifty thousand volunteers that had come forward it's three quarters of a million people so recognizing that we're all mm -hmm. all in this together and and driving the sense of that and driving the, the need to work together and collaborate 
is, I think, going to have a, a really big long-term impact. Well, it changed the face of knowledge management. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because people are going to realize the importance of... And the, the interesting thing as well is uh, there, was, there was something that Chris Collison wrote here in the, in the UK about the fact that, and again, I'm sketching on the details, a few years ago, the UK government commissioned some sort of research and report into the impact of you know, a pandemic on this country. And it wasn't acted on, or it wasn't acted on fully. And we'd be in a much better position today if it was acted on. Mm. Now, the point that Chris was making, and this was in a post on LinkedIn, was that we had failed to learn. And I saw it in a slightly different way because one of the things I feel about knowledge management is knowledge management is always fo was always focused on the learning. It's always focused on the sharing and the learning. It's never focused on agency. And that's the ability to take what you've learned, to take the knowledge that you have and to act on it. And one of the quotes I often um, trot out is from, he's a, he's a collaboration consultant at um, researcher at, I think, MIT, Michael Schrage, where he said 20 years ago, knowledge management is a bullshit issue. You can give people perfect information, perfect knowledge, but they don't have the power to act on it. Now, he said that they don't have the power to act on it. I've, I've expanded on that and say, it's not, sometimes they don't have the power, but sometimes there are other reasons why people don't act on the knowledge that they have. It could be laziness. It could be lack of ability. It could be not seeing the relevance. Not everybody's an entrepreneur anyway. Exactly. You yeah. know, or, or it's somebody else's job. It's not my job to, yeah. to, to do that. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. And so you know, in, in terms of KM, for, for me, what this is, is demonstrating is that you know, we should have been acting earlier. No, I'd, mm -hmm. That's not, in some ways, that's not a criticism because it's easy to say that in retrospect. But it isn't the, necessarily the lack of knowledge. It's the lack of agency. Mm -hmm. And in the KM world, we, we need to recognize that more. I love that. The wrap that nut around innovation and initiative. Those are two things that yeah. that agency gives you permission to just do. Yes. Um, what is it I like? It's, it's Peter Block. Are you familiar with his work? He's, he's an American uh, no. management consultant in his 70s now. He, he says, I, I can't quite remember the words, but he says our job in the world is to confront each other with our freedom. So he's talking about our freedom to mm. act, that we just need to remind ourselves and remind each other that we do have that freedom to act if we choose yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's, that's awesome advice. I, I, and that is a perfect way to close our session today because let's ask everyone to act, perform that agency as a true knowledge professional. And regardless if you're a KMer or not, that's really the underlying tone of civilization, right? Is that oh, yeah. as a societal member, as a member, as a citizenry of the world, you have agency to to act. Let's just add a little bit to that okay. because um, one of the things I'm doing at the moment is I'm running a little series of virtual knowledge cafes through Zoom where I'm looking at something I've written quite a bit about in my online book, and that is leadership as a practice, not as a position of authority. Mm. Too many people mm -hmm. see leadership as something that's given to them. Right. Yeah. Where, again, each and every one of us 
within our own domain, within our own abilities, can choose to step forward and lead. Mm -hmm. I've talked about that a few times at conferences, and I always get one or two people to come up and thank me and say, David, I'd never quite seen the world in that way. And if that means that they go out and they do take that agency and they do start to do the things that they see that they're doing, then, well, imagine a world where everybody did that. That's engagement in its purest form. Absolutely, yeah. Love it, love it. (laughs) I love it too. Thank you very much for being here. That is an empowering message. Ah, you're welcome, Edwin. Very empowering. Love it. Thank you. Because You Need to Know is designed to bring people's experience and their knowledge forward to be shared. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I thank you for joining in to listen to another conversation brought to you as a public service of Pioneer Knowledge Services, a nonprofit tax exempt organization with a charitable knowledge management purpose. Find us online at pioneer ks.org and add your voice to the conversation on Facebook. <laughs>